What's up, guys? This is Jesse Cove. I play varsity captain David on Cobra Kai season three. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion. And just remember, you don't show the opponent mercy. So uh, welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion. I am Peter, and today we have another interview. You guys joining me is Jesse Cove, who plays David in season three of Cobra Kai. How you doing, Jesse? What's up, guys? I'm doing great, man. So glad to be here with you. Finally. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you've been a busy guy, as I, I, I'd imagine. Like every, everybody's been extremely busy with the move to from YouTube to Netflix. So all the different news media outlets are reaching out. All the different podcasters and YouTubers, I see them. You know, we all follow uh, one another, and uh, so it's been really exciting to see everyone just kind of uh, get out there and share their stories and experiences. Um, but what we like to do here uh, at Cobra Kai Companion, we want to learn more about you about, about jesse cove too so uh i did you know a little reading up on you and um i kind of want to start off from like young jesse i know you've been on many a sets uh, as early as like six months old yeah okay um one of the other thing is i feel like if if people don't really follow you or the family m many people may not even know you're a twin this is true yeah yeah, so Rachel is your twin sister who kind of yeah. keeps a little bit more of a low, uh, low, low profile. Um, have having the twin sister, obviously, we see you and and Marty very often together. You know, um, you're at events together. You guys are in movies together. Uh, what was that like, kind of growing up? Uh, and and why do you think that is that that uh, we usually don't see Rachel with you guys? Uh, well. Couple things. We're all very close, um, and you know, ever since I was little, I usually would. Rachel didn't want to travel as much with my dad as I did. I, you know, every opportunity to not be in school, I was like, "Yes, uh, I want to go," because uh, he he basically would say, "Oh, you know, you want to come with me to." You know, there was I was like ten years old. I was I went to India for like two weeks while he was doing a, a movie out there, and. Uh, you know, I was still doing schoolwork and stuff like that, but um, I went with him, and I just love traveling. And of course, you know, traveling to go visit my dad on movie sets was just like the best thing in the world. So at the time, you know, Rachel was very much into sports. Like Rachel, you know, almost went pro, and so she, you know, stuck with that. And I just loved going on this creative journey with my dad wherever we were going. It was always a new experience, and it was fun. And and you know, we traveled really well together. And I think obviously he loved sharing that experience with me, his son. And we always had a great time. And I think, you know, also I knew pretty much from a young age that I was probably going to be in the industry. And so I obviously soaked up every moment that I could. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was just always a good time. We had a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, I think one of the other reasons is like, you know, my dad and I was at events together is because, you know, it's part of my business as well now. And, you know, so it's great for both of us. And we, we're both like we help each other out. We like tag team and and you know push each other and and um, you know we got each other's backs, which is great. Yeah, that's that's great to have the support, you know, uh, within yeah. the family. Uh, in, in an article that I read, it it said like as early as ten years old, you were kind of filming 
you know, your own movies with your dad's video camera and stuff like that. Can you share the, the, that memory? Yeah. Uh, it it kind of started out with my dad because, you know, he's such a creative person. And, you know, anytime there would be like a, you know, some classic movie like Good, the Bad, the Ugly or something on the TV, my dad would like get up and like pretend he's got guns on him and like, you know, you know, shoot us or something. And then when I was little, we I would have like a thousand toy soldiers and we'd make my dad and I would make these huge battles, like huge battles. I mean, there'd be like a lineup on this side and a lineup on this side. And then we would jump in there and we would like, you know, shoot each other and, you know, all this stuff. And then uh, my dad got a video camera and he started filming me playing with the soldiers, you know, and then and then we started getting into it. Like, you know, we brought the camera down low and like pretending like we were making a little movie. And then I took the camera and then I started, you know, following the airplanes and things around. And then I started making my own little movies with an actual storyline. You know, there was like one where, <laughs> God, I wish I had this video. I do have it. Uh, it's on VHS. Um, uh, and VHS, by the way, for people that don't know, it's a plastic <laughs> tape that used to hold movies and had uh, um, uh, it basically was uh, the modern day DVD back in the day anyway can't believe I had to explain that uh, it's, it's a foreign concept you know <laughs> crazy right yeah anyway, um, and you can hold it in your hand which is so nice it's like a book um, so there was one I made where it was like the president was kidnapped and he went to like a foreign country and then there was this giant crocodile that had this huge giant crocodile and like this this whole military um, group had to go in and like <laughs> rescue the president and then kill this giant crocodile at the same time. I like it. Oh, it was amazing. I'll find it. I'll upload it sometime. It was pretty incredible. Um, I even built this like handmade um, steady cam for my little camera at the time with like a piece of wood and like a shoe box. It was crazy. But so I just enjoyed being creative, and obviously I was in like you know theater arts programs when I was in high school and like middle school, and um, you know I got into a, a uh, performing arts school when I was younger as well. So I always loved creating and making films, and you know hopefully later on down the road because I love directing, I'd love to direct as well. Well, I, I think everyone that's tuning in knows how much of a legend your your father is. When we spoke with him, uh, he mentioned that he was also big into westerns. So I think we need to see uh, Marty in some westerns. I, I did see, you know, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because uh, yeah. he shared that story, too, before that movie uh, released. But uh, for you kind of growing up and, you know, um, your father being uh, John Kreese, what was that like for you, like in school? Did, what were did people have a pulse on that? Did they know that, like, oh, you're the son of the of this actor? Like, so what was that like in school for you growing up? It was kind of funny because people would, you know, they would be, oh my god, your your dad's so and so, and oh, he was so the mo the thing I got all the time was he's so mean, he's so mean. Is he like that in real life? And then he'd come into the room and he'd be all nice and like he'd be like a a, a teacher parent meeting, you know, when I was in school and he'd come in and it was just always this funny experience and you know to me it was always my dad, um, you know, and I I always expected at some point you know someone might recognize him or say something and and he always enjoyed it. I mean he loves connecting with his fans. And, you know, he loves hearing about, you know, their, their stories of when they watched it or how it felt to them and what it did for them personally. And so, you know, it, it's a nice um, my cat is trying to get up here. Um, you know, it's it was always a, a decent experience. Like even when we're walking on the street or something, you know, someone may say something. You know, there are times it can be uncomfortable when, you know, you're just trying to, like, do something with the family. And um, I love you, baby. My girlfriend's leaving. Um, and uh, so it's just. You know, there there are times where it can be uncomfortable, like maybe someone shouting it out in the street or in a restaurant or something, and you're kind of like, all right, well, you know, 
hey, it happens. Uh, the price of fame, I guess, right? But yeah. you know, otherwise, it's always been a great experience. Everybody loves the Karate Kid. It's such a it's such a touching movie for everybody over the years. You know, usually you'd get someone like, oh, that was just my favorite movie. It meant so much to me. And again, we would, my dad and I would always talk about how amazing that is, that the movie has withstood the test of time today, and people are still so affected by it that hence Cobra Kai was created. And uh, so that's kind of the experience, you know, going through that as a, as, a, as a young man and young boy was just that basically that was always my dad, except we had this other part of it that was, you know, like, like I do. I have got movie posters of myself on my wall. He had uh, Karate Kid posters and, you know, the original cutout of himself from the dojo <laughs> in the living room, um, so, uh, which is still in the living room. Uh, I'm trying to figure out a way. I think we're going to make copies of it and sell them because people, people want them. So, yeah, yeah that's how that experience was i i think i mean if we can all get a hold of you know a john crease cut out you know in our living rooms i think everybody well i like a challenge has already come to my mind you know we do like the i don't know what you want to call it but it's the challenge where daniel larusso walks in and like sees (laughs) john crease like he reacts to it it'd be funny um so being on the like plethora of sets that you have been uh, been at all through your now, now this is like excluding stuff that you've been a part of what was some of your like favorite sets uh while while with your dad um there was one i did uh, i visited him uh i think it was um i forget if it was Wyatt Earp or with kevin costner or um another one i forget which one it was um but uh um, it was a Western when I was very young and the whole experience was just, you know, it was a big movie and the whole experience was amazing. I mean, you know, just seeing the, these sets and these people and what they created. And then there was, um, I, when I went to India it was pretty amazing. That was a whole life changing experience. I mean, it was, you know, he did this, this action thriller and, uh, you know, it was just like they had all these stunts. That, you know, I literally, they were like, at one point, they were like, oh, you want to go in the helicopter, Jesse? And I said, yeah. And I was like, I was like, I was scared. I, I got in the helicopter and I was like really scared and kind of crying a little bit. And then as soon as it lifted off the ground, I was like so energized. And, you know, those kind of experiences are just so, you know, amazing. And that was a really great one. What else did I love? There were so many. Um God, there's just so many. Uh, I, I literally, you know, list. And what's funny is usually when I would visit the sets, I'd always like help out in some way, right? Like I, I would maybe like help the art department or something, or maybe do like props. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, come on and help us," and like I'd stack like the bar or something, or you know, stuff like that. It was always fun for me to do, and and you know, at least I tried to make myself useful. Um, so those were some of my favorites, and um, I'm trying to think of some other fun ones. You know, a couple of them I actually did. Uh, uh, um, production assistant work on, which was great. You know, I wanted to learn the ropes a little bit and, and kind of get into that as well. You know, uh, which was a, which was always a great experience. Yeah, it sounds like you uh, acquired a lot of um, you know kind of experience uh, just helping out, being an assistant in, in all these different departments. Uh, at some point, um, a production of, uh, or a movie that you produced, uh, As Night Comes. Uh, can you share the experience of getting getting that made? Man, you do your homework. I love it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what <laughs> I do here. Uh, As Night Comes is a fantastic movie uh, written and directed by um, Richard Zelnicker and uh, Ryan Cohen. Basically, um, 
there was this uh, this young man Ryan who wrote this story based upon kind of kind of like his upbringing, not his upbringing, but the area that he lived in. And then basically the story was like this group of kids who are like this group of misfits um, kind of terrorize the town. And it's it's basically like a clockwork orange, but in modern day times. And it deals a lot with like, uh, you know, it's a teen crime drama. So the movie really deals with teenagers, you know, insecurities and bullying and parenting, which is like the biggest one that I, a lot of people I think miss sometimes in the movies. You know, when you see a bully, much like, David, uh, usually it would, comes back to the parenting, right? Well, what the parents are doing. So this was a movie that was basically, we started out with no money. And the director said, let's just make this movie. We uh, started shooting it on no, on no money. We had a cinematographer who owned red cameras. He, he wanted to get into more film. His name is Mark Mantrek. And, um, and we just took this little teaser that we made of some of the footage that we shot and someone said this is incredible like he was like how much do you need to finish the movie and we said this amount you know it was pretty up there and he just literally goes here's a check gave us the money and we then went out you know with, with a you know real production and, and a real ca uh, cast and crew and we started making this movie it took about we shot it over a period of six months and you know it's really it's really an incredible movie that kind of i think gets better over time called as night comes and i have a small part in it which was great and, you know, just producing that film was fantastic. Another great experience. You know, the movie went on to go to different, several different um, film festivals, which was fantastic. The Hollywood Film Festival, which is a really, um, you know, an acclaimed uh, award show and film festival. And, um, yeah, it's a really, that movie will always, like, be have a special place in my heart because of what, all the blood, sweat, and tears that went into it. And the acting was incredible. Um, you know, I, I love the cast when we, when we made that movie. And it's just one of those, those experiences where you really learn so much about film. And you really have a, an entire movie that you're making. You know, there's just so much that goes into it. It's really, whether you know, especially as a producer, you're dealing with SAG and money and budgets and the actors and getting people together. And, you know, the biggest lesson that I learned from that movie was that you never take no for an answer. Um, I can't tell you how many times we kept, people kept telling us, oh, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. And we're like, watch us. And we ended up making a great movie. And there was even times where, um, you know, there was a point during the movie where we had to like, unfortunately, we had to like get rid of half the crew and bring in a whole new crew. And when the movie was eventually playing at the film festivals, there were some people that were watching the movie and they were like, oh, my God, we were just blown away. We didn't know we were making this kind of movie. And anyway, it's a really, really good film. So I'm, I'm thanks for asking about that. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's your own personal disaster artist. Right, like, like, oh, oh, oh these things just kind of went wrong, and you guys who believed in yourselves, you know, got to get this project, um, you know, up and running. So uh, awesome! Yeah. Is, is that available? Like, I, I, I was it looking through on, like, Amazon yep, Prime, Amazon, and iTunes, and uh, it's on like all the major uh, streaming platforms. There you go. As night comes, check that out. I, I I'm, I'm very interested in that. Uh, I just, I love the story of, of uh, hearing just it getting made. Um, I, I feel like another, um, I feel it's a little known fact, but you also attended the New York Film Academy. I did. I so, did. So you, you learned quite a bit. You also got in some Broadway. So can you share, you know, your, your timeline there? Um, I love these, man. This is great. Uh, love your yeah. sweatshirt, by the way, of course. Thank you. Yeah, all, all valid for those that can't see it. <laughs> I'm currently wearing my Cobra Kai sweatpants right now. Hey, um, there you go. <laughs> But uh, thanks, contenders. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I did 
uh, the New York Film Academy. I, I was there for a summer, and um, you know, I just I hadn't been to a you know technically like a film college or anything like that, a film school. So I wanted to get that experience and see what it was like, um, you know. And I, you know, I went into the whole experience very you know humble, and obviously you know my upbringing, I knew a lot about the film industry, and so. But it was nice to just kind of get a a ground floor view from it from the beginning and, and see certain things that maybe I didn't know about and learning about like an actual film camera and putting film into a, you know, an actual camera, 35 millimeter. And, and what was it? Um, uh, I forget what the very small one, um, you know, learning that and, and, and learning about specific shots and lighting, which was really, really great. And, you know, I was here in, in town and, you know, at, the, at that time we were using the universal back lot as our area where we could shoot and stuff. And I learned a lot of great, a lot of great stuff at the New York Film Academy. It was really, really just a nice polish on some things for me. And then for uh, Broadway, so I was doing a play out here, and this was, um, this was when I was about 19, 1920. I was doing a play out here called The Columbine Project, and that was all about you know the Columbine shootings. It was a really, really heavy play. And I uh, did really well out here that I actually got picked up to go to New York. And the director was like, listen, we got picked up to New York, go to New York. Whoever wants to go on this journey can stay with the cast and we'll go. We're all going to, you know, they're going to get in a, uh, they had apartments and everything set up for us. So I drove out there. I was out there for a few months and we started doing this play, you know, off Broadway. And it was incredible. I mean, for a guy from L.A. to go to New York to do Broadway, it was just incredible off Broadway, but it was just incredible. And, you know, my dad came out. He was so proud. You know, he, he like, this is where I grew up. I mean, I've been in New York, you know, tons of times. we got family out there. But for him to, like, see his son out there doing, you know, uh, off-Broadway doing a play was just incredible. So I love that experience. I really felt like that was something that I feel like every actor really should experience is doing theater. I mean, theater is just the epitome of, of an actor, you know, because you only get one shot. Once you're on that stage, that's it. You know what I mean? On camera, right. another take, another take, another take. So, you know, to really, like... Um, adapt your craft and and perfect it. I think theater is just the best the best outlet for that. So did that, and we just just had a great time, man. It was so fun. You know, it felt like a million bucks as a young you know young actor in New York doing doing theater it was just it was great. It was just great. It, it sounds like a really good time. So you've worn uh, a variety of hats. You, you just mentioned uh, the theatrics. Um, you, you've been uh, in a number of movies as well. Uh, basically being an assistant to all different types of departments growing up. Um, I don't believe you've directed yet, right? Not fully, no. I did a fun short with a friend of Auditioned, mine. Auditioned, right? Yeah, audition, yeah. yeah. Uh, my friend, Tasha Hall, she wrote this quick story. Basically, we were made, it was a spoof on the audition process for actors and <laughs> how we really feel inside. You know, if there's a casting director that's like eating food while you're doing your take or you have an audition that's like, a hundred miles away and they want you to be there like this or something. So we were just making fun of the whole process of it. It was, it was a good time. So, um, is there something like, uh, like a passion project of yours or what, what is something that you really love doing? Is it the acting or is there something else that you really haven't quite dipped your toes uh, in yet? Um, I mean, acting to me is always, Acting never feels like work. There's always the beginning process to me, like the first time I read the script and the first time I'm kind of diving into the script or diving into the character. That's the that's the really tough discipline part because it's like I got to stop everything that I'm doing 
and I got it like I did this character yesterday. I was auditioning for this this huge scene, and you know he had like this, um, he had this Virginia accent, you know, talked like this, and and it was kind of one of those things. And so I had to like perfect that, and then the character and the clothes and everything, and you know, it takes a lot of discipline to really just start that whole process you know you're like okay i gotta set aside three hours right now to like read the script i like to read scripts very slowly i like dissect every little thing as i'm going along some people just are able to just go through them it takes me like three four hours to get through a script uh, the first time and um so yeah but when i'm really doing it like when i'm on set and i'm I'm in the moment like it, it never feels like work it is and that's how i knew even when i was younger like this is it. Like I just enjoy it so much, and I have such a good time doing it. Um, and so I was really blessed to just be able to do that even now. And um, and it's just like I don't know. I feel like that's part of it. And I I also feel like just anything in the production world. I love you know obviously like I love directing, producing, being behind and in front of the camera, you know. But I think a passion project would be there's you know my dad and I. Uh, we actually have this Western that we're well, Western, right? Uh, that we're that we have uh, we have got some great actors attached to it, and um, you know we're really trying to, you know, make this really meaningful Western, and it's kind of like a father and son, you know, uh, rookie veteran type situation, and I think that would be a really really important piece for my dad and for myself, for him and I to to have that together. That's something I really want to do, and then like I said earlier, later on down the road, I really want to direct, kind of like a, how Ben Affleck, what he's done. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to have that kind of trajectory of a career, you know, that as well, because I love communicating with actors and I love helping them perform. And I love, you know, creating, I love just creating characters with people as well and telling stories that move people. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, we all kind of grew up and saw a lot of his movies. And when he started directing, I was like, man, these are some good ass movies. Like The Town and Argo, oh. you know, won an Academy Award. So, well, actors, um, actors make great directors because they really know how to communicate with another actor. You know, you get like a director sometimes, it's like, you know, a little angrier, more sad. You know, it's like that just doesn't really. You know, you want the guy that's like going to come up to you and be like, "Listen, wh- wh- where's the character really going in the scene with you know with you? Where where is he? Where does he start? And like, how does how does he feel in this moment? You know, something like that. And or we want this. And um, you know, I think obviously Ben has a really good um, point on that. You know, and how he directs actors. And obviously, like George Clooney too, another great uh, actor who's yeah. a great director. You know, they understand actors and they understand where they're coming from. So I think that really has a has a leg up. You know. Yeah, you know, just kind of speaking about like the whole acting, directing, like it, it, it takes me back to most recently one of my favorite films and his directorial debut was Bradley Cooper's um, The Star is Born. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I love I love music. I love musicals. And this was musical light. But um, I've seen the Chris Christopherson version only. I haven't seen like the Judy Garland one. But to see what Bradley Cooper did with that story and like his vision, I was, I was I was blown away and what he got out of Sam Elliott. And Sam Elliott is like just a great actor like already. But um, to see that grown ass man cry, like you just oh. you're like what what's Sam yeah. Elliott doing crying? <laughs> um, yeah, it's beautiful. Right. He's so he's so good. There's a great great video online. You should look. I don't know if you have already, but it's Bradley Cooper in the actor studio when he was just starting out and i think he's asking robert de niro a question in the audience as a, as an actor as a student in the acting uh, in the actor studio it was a, it took such a cool moment or it was johnny depp i don't remember but it was cool to see like he him 
back then before he was famous, like just working it out and grinding it out. And then, you know, here he is now, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to kind of see where uh, everybody has kind of started. Like my earliest memory of Bradley Cooper was um, Wedding Crashers, where <laughs> he, he plays an asshole, you know? And so like to see him become like this, you know, kind of like this it guy, you know, grow um, uh, in his career. It's been really amazing to kind of see where he's come from. Um, in the past decade, you've been, uh, again, I keep saying that you've been uh, attached to like a, a numerous projects, but how have you been able to, um, to just kind of, obviously you're talented, but to, to, to book two, three movies like every year for the last decade? Um, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I've been really lucky and, <clears throat> you know, I don't take it for granted. <clears throat> you know, this industry is such a crazy industry it can all be taken away from you like that you know um and you know i just really i'm all about i love to work i work my ass off um and you know i try to make things happen you know i'm always either you know you're networking and you're making friends and you're or you're helping other people and you know um i take my crap seriously so i'm always trying to you know do really well with my auditions and you know of course like uh, there are projects where, you know, my dad has helped me, brought me into a project, or I've brought him in a project, like this movie here, D-Day, uh, I brought him into that, one day he was visiting the set, and I said to the writer, I was like, man, you gotta find him something for this movie, and, um, and uh, he was like, well, would he want to do that? I said, yeah, of course, like, of course, <laughs> he wrote this, like, great little scene uh, with he, uh, him, myself, and, and my, my good friend, um, Weston K. Coppola, who's in this, and uh, it was just this beautiful moment. He came on for a day. He played this like French rebel, and uh, who got shot. And it was just a beautiful moment. And like he's having a cigar, and I give him, I light his cigar with my Zippo lighter before he dies. It was like this really cool. <laughs> so just stuff like that happens as well, you know. And um, you know, I just think, uh, you know, even like during during COVID, I've been really really lucky. Uh, you know, when COVID first started, I was lucky enough to. Uh, I literally got a call from a director um, that I worked with, and he wanted me to come, uh, you know, be a part of this movie that was shooting in Big Bear. It was Christmas on the Menu that was on Lifetime a month ago, and you know, stuff like that happened. And then, you know, I got another Lifetime movie that happened, um, and so some of it's explainable and some of it isn't. Um, and you know, again, I just I, I enjoy working. I work hard, and I think you know, if you just put it out there and you really you know, um, you really like conceptualize what you want. It just comes into your universe. It really does. Like you just have to have faith and believe and like, and, and just keep creating on that level of what you're doing. Like what you've done with this podcast, man, I'm sure when you first started out, you didn't know you'd be interviewing everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. Or going to the set. Like that's crazy. Right. You yeah. Know, it's amazing. So it's just that even you're, you're a perfect example of, of the, this stuff just happening because you, you're making it happen. Right. Thank you. Um, do, do you have a favorite genre? Because, uh, you know, it, it does seem like you uh, have kind of dabbled in, in a, a variety of them. Uh, obviously, the D-Day you, you showed us behind you is a war movie. Your dad loves Westerns. Uh, I, I love me some Westerns too. Like it's really hard to find like a really good one. Yeah. Uh, you, you only have the classics, like the new stuff. I don't know what's going on, man. Like Kevin Costner's not making them anymore. I mean, he's, he's, he's got that TV show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think op open range Western ish, oh. mm -hmm. probably one of my last favorite ones. Um, and I just, I, I wish that uh, once upon a time in Hollywood was 
wasn't what it was because like I, I I liked all the the movie stuff that that was going on too with Leo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, yeah, that movie's so good. Um, I remember we were we were at one of the one of the the premieres of it functions, and my dad and I had this twenty minute conversation with DiCaprio just about this character and the whole movie, and uh, it was just funny because they were you know he enjoyed it too. Like they, my dad and he and I were literally talking about the western aspect of that movie and how much they they all enjoyed it so that was really funny you said that um i i love period pieces for some you know there's something about me i just feel very comfortable in a um you know other time period earlier than than modern day i don't know what it is whether it's just the way like even during the cobra kai sequence that was 1965 right i don't i just felt really comfortable in that setting i feel like I feel like when you get to play these characters that are not from, you know, modern day, they you really get to create a character, you know, and like if it's a western or if it's a, a you know, a movie about, you know, knights, god in the medieval times would I love to play someone like that. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, stuff like that. I just love period stuff. Like there's another movie I did called On Wings of Eagles, which I was in I was in uh, Asia uh, for three and a half months shooting that movie. And again, I loved every second of it. It was like it took place in 1937. It was, you know, pre-World War II. So, yeah, there's something about these these period pieces that I'm obsessed with. I don't know what it is, man. I love doing World War II movies. My dad's this was his first World War II movie that I brought him onto, which was like the coolest thing ever. Can you believe that? Yeah. And he was just as excited. So it was fun. You know, obviously there's tons of movies he's done that I've never done, but um, it's just a, it's a, they're great experiences. So I'm I, I really love doing period stuff. Yeah, I, I'm very fascinated with uh, period pieces as well. That's why you know I enjoyed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, and uh, a variety of other movies that take place back in the day. I I think there's just something fascinating about like events that happened before us that kind of lead us to kind of where we are. Yeah, and things like that. So I, I think that's a fantastic segue to Cobra Kai and <sighs> uh, your character of David. Um, I avoid like other interviews just so that way I can kind of do my own thing when I do get a chance to speak with the actor. So I don't know if it's ever come up, but has anyone ever pointed out or maybe you even picked up on it, but maybe the similarities of some of your sequences with also Back to the Future? Yeah, so those that kind of started coming out, uh, which was really cool. I remember there was like they literally did this like split meme of like, you know, the diner sequence with Biff and all that stuff. And I was like, dang, that really is on the set of the day of we didn't think about that. And then later on when you saw it, it was like, Oh my god, this is literally this is back to the future. You know, even the cars and everything. Um, I mean, which is in one of my favorite movies. Um, so it was cool to kind of have that on, on you know, uh, under my belt in a way. Um, you know, maybe paying homage to that as well. So, yeah, that's come out a lot. A lot of people have been talking about that, and there's been a lot of, like, stuff on social media, which I was like, great. You know what I mean? Like, people love Back to the Future. They love seeing these flashback sequences, which people have become obsessed with. And uh, so I was really happy with how that turned out. Yeah, I, I immediately saw it because that's my favorite movie of all time, and I know John, Josh, and Hayden love that movie as well. Um, they got a you know a, a Doc Brown art piece hanging in their counterbalance office and at its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. I, I I walked in and they're like, yeah, we thought that you might like this. I'm like, yeah, that's amazing. Like I I'd, I would steal that, you know, because <laughs> it, it's just so awesome. They they commissioned it like ten years ago or something. Um, so so, so even, with the role of them, even for them when we were shooting that day, they were like, oh, this is our first, this is our first like period piece we've ever done. Like this is our we've never. 
we've never gone back like as cinematically as this they were saying like they just loved doing this type of thing because i think most of the stuff they've done besides like you know hot tub time machine has pretty much been like you know modern day or whatever but to go back like you know 60 years uh was 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 a first time for them so they and they shot it very you know in a very cinematic way as if it was a movie you know so they were they really enjoyed that yeah i mean the the entire show it, it very um Many of the sequences are, are like a movie. I mean, the fight sequences, when you got somebody like Hitokota, a uh, stunt uh, coordinator, um, just the entire show plays off like a five-hour movie every single season. You know, I, I think um, that's what kind of makes it special as well. Like, in Leo uh, Bierenberg and Zach Robinson's score is also oh, freaking amazing, I, man. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with film scores and, and, and orchestral music. Like, I listen to movie soundtracks probably more than any other uh, music. I really do. I listen to it when I work out, when I'm driving in the car, everything. And these guys are freaking brilliant. I remember um, I had a conversation with with uh, John, Josh, and Hayden. I was like, and I had seen season three already, and uh, my dad and I were chatting with them. And I said, you guys, like, at the end of episode 10, like, I heard those horns. Like, that was some Star Wars. Those were Star Wars horns. And they were like, yep. They were like, we wanted a little bit of that in there. And I was like, Oh, just they those guys are incredible. They they are uh, a little known fact about them for those that, you know, don't really look that stuff up. When the first time I interviewed them, I did my research and they also had previously worked on Ant-Man, you know, so, so that they know how to make movies or, you know, make a project sound big. Yes. Right? That's one of the things I learned about Back to the Future. Like it was this kind of the small movie. Many of the locations were sets and and, and, and all that. And when they hired Alan Silvestri, like they wanted it to feel big. And so like you get the Alan Silvestri, um, you know, horns and all that. And the movie feels even bigger than it actually is. Um, oh, is that? So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Dude, episode 10 is my favorite episode of season three. And I, I, just, I watched it probably and I watched it before it came out. I mean, it was just I watched like five times. Like I just yeah. it was like literally just like jumping and clapping it was it was incredible it was just amazing and i i even like i was like as i've said this before but you know i try to watch things you know from a from an objective point of view as a fan and like i'm so excited watching this and i've got like john crease right next to me and i'm watching this and i'm still like jumping up and down and how amazing this is and like what's happening and then i i get energized because i know what the fans will think when they see it you know uh, I mean, I think we could talk a little spoilers, right? I mean, yeah, we, no, absolutely. It's been like, out for months. Wait, yeah, yeah, for months, yeah, <laughs> <For> weeks. <laughs> yeah, like, are we kidding? Like, my dad and Ralph and Billy all fighting together. Like, I, have we been waiting decades to see that happen? I mean, it's right. unbelievable. And then, you know, that sequence where you know it's Robbie and my dad and Billy and the three of them. You know, they're all wearing black and Robbie's wearing white and. And, you know, my dad says, you know, three generations of Cobra Kai. Like, you're just, yeah. I wish that that would happen for a little <laughs> bit. You know what I mean? Just, just yeah. to see that play out, you know? Johnny teaching his son Cobra Kai and, like, you know, my dad teaching Johnny. Oh, it just would have been amazing. Who knows? Maybe that's good. Maybe. We, we never know. Uh, so for, for the role of David, um, what can you tell us about the, the auditioning, uh, auditioning process? Um. Well, I got the call that they wanted to see me, which I was just thrilled about. I had no idea what this part was for. I, you know, they're very secretive about what they what they do. So they sent me the sides. 
um, which I still have the original sides. Uh, funny enough, I kept them, um, and they're a little different than than what was what you saw on screen, which was great. Um, you know, they they uh, originally I didn't really know that I was going to be you know bullying the younger version of Crease. Um, I had originally thought maybe I was playing the younger version of Crease, um, and then later on I found out okay, so my character is actually bullying him, which I was like I thought was great, and you know I went in I went in there went into the room, and you know I even so I I did it once they loved it, and then I and then I asked them I was like I said how much how much of a dick do you want this guy to be, and they were like full on just he's he's just awful and i said okay great so then i did it again i was just you know i was i was my own version of john crease essentially and um with with a little bit of his flavor in it because they wanted to pretend that i you thought that i was him in the beginning and so uh, about a week and a half later i got the call and they told me that i booked it and i was just thrilled you know uh, john and the guys they just you know they said they did a great job and um, and of course i told my dad and he was just he was over the moon. It was very, very exciting. And he was already down. Um, he had recently already gone down to Atlanta to start shooting. So um, I, when I went down there, he was already there shooting, which was fantastic. And it was just, you know, it was like one of those surreal experiences, knowing even beforehand, like before I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to go down and be on Cobra Kai right now. Like this is while my dad's shooting the show. And, you know, this is like a legacy thing for me. You know, it, it was just kind of this cool like piece of destiny, you know, it was just, and then the fact that I would be bullying the younger version of my dad, which like sets him off to like go on this journey and become who he is and steal my girlfriend. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it was like this really amazing moment of like, just life is so weird. You never know what's going to, what's going to happen. I never thought in a million years I'd be a part of the Karate Kid universe ever. I mean, I was like, how is that even possible? How could I ever? Um, and this happened and it just was, it was just beautiful, man. It was really, really beautiful. And I, you know, even when I was on set, I, I like to appreciate the moments. I, I really, I try to do that with a lot of meaningful moments in my life. I, I'm sitting there and I'll just be like, okay, I'm here. I'm doing this. This is a really great moment in my life right now. And I'm just like, I'm loving it, you know, just yeah. to like really remember it. That's and, a, that's a great experience. And, uh, you know, thank you for sharing that story. And, I guess the other thing that a lot of people don't know, if, if you know, they don't read into the stuff like we all do, but Ken, who is your, is your, you know, your your friend Ken. there in the back seat, he doubles for for your dad. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to him the other day because um, I'm gonna try and go down to Atlanta and uh, and see my dad and uh, at some point and um, you know maybe have dinner with them or something, um, but. Uh, it, yeah, it's just it was when I met him, you know, because he was uh, he walked me through, you know, the, the the whole all the stunt stuff along with uh, you know uh, Hero Koda, and um, which was amazing. And they, they originally they showed me this video. They were like, okay, this is what uh, we want to do. They literally like with their stunt team, they made an entire video of the whole fight sequence between uh, you know Young Crease and I, you know, uh, by uh, played by Barrett Carnahan, uh, who's become a, a dear friend. And uh, I, when I first saw it, I was like, I was like, you guys want me to do all this? Like, this is really intimidating. Like, the, they sh did it like shot by shot, like the whole thing as if it was real. And then I got into the dojo there in the, in the, in the you know, the Cobra Kai dojo, uh, stunt dojo. And we started training. And it literally took me about half an hour. We got it all down. And I still haven't posted some of these videos yet. I have them. Uh, I'm going to put them up probably next week. It's some really cool stuff of just, you know, us working it out in the, in the studio there. And uh, we got it down. It was fantastic. 
And then, you know, and then I started working out with, with Barrett and, you know, we just had this beautiful sequence. It was just, we were thrilled to do it, man. Just thrilled. But yeah, Ken was so great. It was so fun to work with him. And yeah, he does an amazing job doubling my dad, which is just, you know, it's like, he's, he's my dad's wingman. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's really cool, man. Um, just, yeah, just think about all the things you said. Like I, I had never even processed that yet, that you're bullying your father's character who ends up taking the girl, you know, working with the guy who doubles him. Yeah. It, it's all kind of crazy and meta and, and, and all of that. So, so you booked the part of, of David. Um, what was your first day of shooting? Like, you know, kind of the reception and um, I'd imagine Ralph and Billy were probably on set there as well. Yeah. Well, um, well, Ralph and Billy, you know, I've, I've been around them, you know, for years and years and years. So, you know, it was really, it was, you know, when I first saw, uh, when I first saw Billy, you know, he was like, he, I, I remember I was down in Atlanta and, um, he came up to me, we we're all like having lunch or something. And he goes, he's like, welcome to Cobra Kai. You know what I mean? It was like really fun. And, uh, so that was great. And he was, as well he was so stoked for me which was so nice um you know billy and i are, are we're pretty close he's such a good dude and he and my dad are like you know they're, they're just like this um and uh so th when i first got down there i was you know super pumped um i posted some photos that like you know maybe i was you know just going to you know see my dad or whatever and and which i was at the same time and um you know when i, I went down to wardrobe and then i started putting the clothes on <clears throat> And I was like, all right, this is getting really real. You know, I've got the, the – they picked out these clothes that were very, like, USC-esque. And, you know, and then – so my my dad was actually already on set. Uh, they had – they sent me down to the – to uh, the uh, they had the whole their, all their offices and the, you know, the mm. board department and everything. And my dad was already filming. So I, on my own, I went down there and I started getting ready. And then um, – and then I asked, I was like, oh, where's my dad's trailer? Because I know he was there. And then I hadn't seen him yet. And so I, I knocked on his door and then I opened the door and, you know, I saw him. I hadn't seen him for a while. And he was like, oh, you know, and then it was incredible. I was wearing my clothes and, and I, I actually have this photo that I haven't posted. I will. It was the first the first day I saw him where I'm wearing my clothes and he's got his gi on. And it was just this great moment. And and then, you know, I did a tour of the set, which you've been to, which was great. And um so that was just, you know, there's a lot of excitement that day. And then everybody that was working on, the, uh, you know, a lot of the, the crew, you know, they had heard that I was his son and they were just so excited. And, you know, they were like, are you ready to be this mean guy? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And it was just it was great. Everybody, you know, it's, it's such a great crew. And everybody was just, you know, everybody was so excited to be a part of it. Yeah, I, um, I'm excited to see some of the new stuff that you haven't yet um, uh, posted, because one of my favorite things so far is you in the back of uh, Miyagi Do, you know the the, the backyard there? Oh, okay, good, great. Yeah, that yeah, was because what what one of my jokes is like you know like everybody just seems to know where that is. You know, uh, in, in the movies, you you had well, I mean, Chris um, walks back there in season two. You had uh, Mike Barnes and Terry Silver back there in in the, the third Cry to Kid movie. Right. Tori makes an appearance, even though it's in a dream sequence. Um, and, and all the kids vandalized it in season two. So it's just like, there's no security. Uh, so I thought it was, it was very funny for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you walk, <laughs> but you're by yourself. You're like, I think everyone's gone because like, you know, me and my dad scared them away. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, it's, it, it, it's, it's very serene and kind of breathtaking when, when you're back there, you're just like, 
you know, you, you're talking about how never in a million years you, you'd ever, ever be part of the Karate Kid. There I am in the backyard, like, man, this is this is pretty freaking crazy and surreal. So it so is I, 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 so surreal. It's so similar surreal. experience. Yeah. Uh, like, as we get good. No, no, I was just gonna say as we get ready to wrap up, like, uh, what what is something that you can promote that people can kind of keep an eye out on? We've I mentioned a, a few things. As night comes is on Amazon, uh, D Day. Um, I don't know why anybody would be watching this if you guys haven't seen season three yet uh, of Cobra Kai. But what what else is in store for Jesse Cove? Uh, well, there's a couple movies I think you would totally love. Uh, one of them is Max Reload and the Nether Blasters. It's with Kevin Smith. It's Kevin Greg Smith, Gold. yeah. And that that you love, love, love that movie. It's literally an action gaming science fiction comedy. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, obviously, I had my Christmas movie, Christmas on the Menu, that just came out. Um, also. Um, course season three and then i i've got another movie i'm doing uh, a few other projects that i'm doing uh in about a month excuse me in about a month or two um and then there's a movie that i just finished for lifetime called uh, recipe for abduction really really excited about that one uh that'll hopefully come out in the next couple months and uh and there's a, another project can't really get into can't really discuss it too much but um yeah, there's just a bunch of exciting stuff that's that's happening, and um, you know, it's 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 a very exciting time, very very exciting time. That that gaming one, um, the, the one with Kevin Smith, I, I did see the poster. It gave me like the Ready Player One vibes, dude. So. It's really like, I mean, in a nutshell, the 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 there's movies about this these kids who basically work in a gaming store, and then they get this legendary like uh, Coleco vision game or whatever that like it's apparently has magic and when you play it like the, the actual the characters in this game come to life and they have to like rescue the town and these characters start taking over human bodies it's really funny and it's just it's it's a great great movie you'll love it 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 almost kind of sounds like jumanji so i'm, I'm on board it's all that together dude yeah <laughs> <It's great. laughs> oh man that's, that's amazing well hey thank you so much for giving me your time you know and and i hope that the viewers got to learn uh, a lot more about you. Cause I know I did. Oh dude. Thank you so much. I mean, you, I, I appreciate all your questions, man. I had a great time, um, you know, looking forward. maybe we'll do a, we'll do one with my dad and I, uh, at some point would be a lot of fun. I think so. I think so. I, I, I would love that. Thank you so much. And uh, dude, thank you because none of this stuff would exist without what you guys do in the fans, man. It really is like, it's just, this is the whole reason that the show even still exists because of you guys. listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.